my dream is to play a huge part in a world without drowning. My dream is to be a catalyst in interventions and work being done for equitable access to basic water safety. To save lives, absolutely, but also to empower communities. This is not about needing saviors. This is about needing allies. To save everyone, you've got to reach everyone. I am Danielle Obey, Chair of the BSA, the Black Swimming Association and Principal Consultant for Bridging Aquatics. Now, the inception of the BSA, my personal story was um, the 24th of December 2019, when we had the Costa del Sol incidents, where a family of five, three out of the family of five, drowned in Costa del Sol whilst on holiday, Christmas Eve. This was a family I was acquainted to, and I was thinking, devastating a 52 year old father you know jumps in to save his son 16 year old boy and his nine year old daughter from drowning whilst his wife and is holding on to their 14 year old daughter praying poolside for a miracle um i am a family of five that could have been me it dawned on me at the time that as a mother i didn't know and i hadn't educated my young family on what to do if they saw or they were in trouble in the water. Now, at the time we lived in this property, my kitchen island was five meters from a river because the river was our garden, really. Um, And we had lived in this property for 17 years and I was unaware of what I should be aware of. I was literally living off fate. So I would say my life was before water safety or before BSA and after BSA. BSA was set up just over three years ago now to ensure that um, we work towards a future with ethnic diversity in aquatics, really to highlight the value of swimming as a vital life-saving skill and to work with our otherwise marginalized communities to ensure that we had vital water safety and drowning prevention, awareness and education. I now find myself constantly learning and advocating and consulting and pushing for research and education and support for more people from Black and Asian communities because everyone needs vital water safety knowledge. That's how the BSA was born. Before then, Edda Cura, Alice Deering, Saren Jones and myself had come together and we thought we wanted to do something for our communities. At the time, we're looking at diversifying aquatic sport. I got back on the WhatsApp group and I said, guys, look, this is no longer about swimming not being a cultural norm. This is no longer about, you know, the fears of aquaphobia and the transatlantic journey. This is about a moment in time. We need to do something. We need to reach the sector in our communities to ensure that everyone has equitable access to water safety and drowning prevention. So through the work that we are doing, through our partnership, we are getting to see the iron line in a different light. That they're not just the charity that saves lives at sea. They're also the charity who are willing to listen, to learn, to adapt, 
to our communities to ensure that they meet us where we're at, water safety. The RNLI has stood as an ally. The RNLI has stepped forward um, and worked with the BSA to author a lot of the work that we're doing and to give us the platform that we needed, the base that we needed as an organization to effect the change that was required. Pre the BSA, RNLI didn't reach black and Asian communities. Now we do in our partnership. So three years on, we have research being commissioned by NGBs to look at the aquatic behaviors and attitudes of ethnically diverse communities, the barriers to participation, and how best to engage with us. Again, that's inspired by the BSA. Um, we have you know, water safety authorities and organizations, again, looking at their messaging and how this message is translated for communities who are have been disenfranchised, one would say, up until now. Um, in the three years, we've grown from four co-founders to a team of over 15, um, including, you know, people who come through our programs and then come through to also want to be part, volunteer. The RNLI and the BSA's partnership, I would say, has been a show and tell to the sector. The RNLI will be 200 years old on the 4th of March, 2024. The BSA will be four years old. So you have the oil tanker and a speedboat. But there I say uh, our partnership has enabled both organizations to reach communities who otherwise would not have been reached. The work the BSN and the RNLI are doing tangibly, we're looking at some physiology research with the University of Portsmouth to look at this whole bone density, you know, because we believe that we've got denser, bigger bones, so we can't swim, we don't float, or we can't swim properly, as it were. And this is something that, you know, you will hear a lot from the community saying, well, black people have got big bones. What exactly does that mean? And incidentally, that also went through swimming teaching where it was said back in a while ago that you know, we had denser bones and so we didn't float as well. The very first thing I said was, look, let's look at research. Let's look at doing research once and for all. It's going to be industry pioneering. The whole world's going to know that, you know, is the bone density myth real? Is it not? Through this journey, I, Danielle, have personally come to learn it takes a lot more than our bone density to float, right? It's about, you know, the, the formation of the body and, you know, and literally people's physics. It takes a lot more than just bone density, but that's because I, I am so close to, to the project. But, you know, we are going to be doing that piece of work till end of this year, 2023 to 2024. We're hoping that the float research that we're doing will be a game changer, a real big game changer, because the research involves us, you know, going through DEXA scans, getting people on the rig, getting them comfortable enough in the water to be submerged, which means we're then going to, since the, the time we've been working together, the BSA has put together a program bespoke 
to our communities is really around water safety, orientation and familiarisation. It's not a learn to swim programme. You know, communities where, you know, being in the water isn't a cultural norm. Um, there is very little to no water safety knowledge. The programme's been designed, really, it's called the Blue Hour, Together We Can. It's been designed and fashioned after the golden hour, that first critical hour of intervention that, you know, a, a, a casualty would have to, to increase their chances of survival. So the Blue Hour is really giving people the basic skills, the basic knowledge that they would need to know what to do if they were in trouble in the water, if they, they saw someone else in trouble in the water. But through this five-week program, we've also, start to, also started to um, educate and support communities to ask themselves the question, actually, can I or can I not float? Because float is part of the program. So if someone comes in thinking, I've got bone density issues, and yet you leave that program able to float, you've answered that question. Is it a myth? Is it not a myth? So these are some of the practical things that we're doing. We're translating the RNLI message, float to live, and making it relevant and impactful to our communities so that they too can have that vital water safety knowledge. It's been a privilege for me to work with the RNLI, to see the RNLI listen and learn and acknowledge where it is as an organization and start working on putting plans in place to be more diverse. Well, I'd like to wish the RNLI a happy 200th birthday. The UK wasn't as diverse as it is now 200 years ago. So at the inception of the RNLI, I, my community may not even have been in the picture. Look at where we are today. Hello, it's Chris Jarvis here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.